Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influenced their careers. My guest today is Amid Rajali, trial attorney at Rajali Law Firm in San Diego. Amid specialises in personal injury cases and has been named one of the best personal injury lawyers in San Diego as well as top 40 under 40 national trial lawyer. In this episode, Amid tells us about a case that many thought would be impossible to win. He shares with us his method for gauging a jury's opinion even before the trial begins. Uh, And he also tells us about a new project he's working on called LAWPA, which is a platform designed to connect injured parties to lawyers based on the foundation of charging fairer attorney fees. The background of the case was this was a a mother of two who was going through the drive-through to purchase coffee as she was on her way to drop off her kids and then go to work and the coffee somehow spilled in her lap and it caused some second-degree burns in her groin area. So the case was challenging because there's there was so much and is so much propaganda behind McDonald's and hot coffee cases uh, since the 1990s as, as everybody I think is aware. So you know people thought that it's crazy they even try that case because they didn't think we were going to win. So what made you decide to take it on in that case? I thought they had some responsibility for sure. Um, And what it came down to is our theory was that they didn't place the lid properly on the cup before they handed it over to the client. Because the argument was that had they put the lid on the cup properly, there was no way that this thing would have spilled. And so, you know, we kind of hammered away at that and said the lid wasn't properly fastened on the cup. And had they done that, then she wouldn't be burned. But again, it was still challenging to, to take it on because even before us going to trial, they, they were offering $75,000. So going in, you know, with a $75,000 offer on a case like that, uh, when like the scars had already healed, everything was gone, and there wasn't much else left, was still a challenge. But, you know, my, I always listened to my clients, and my client was adamant that she wanted more money and I said okay you know if that's what you want then that's what we're going to do. We ran two focus groups to figure out how how other people are going to look at this case and based on those two focus groups we found that it seems like people actually you know are rooting for her and there was what McDonald's didn't help themselves either going back to that bully sort of thing they, they thought that there was no way in hell that I was going to try this case and that they thought that by hiding evidence and stuff like that during the pendency of the litigation that that's going to help them out, and it didn't. And so, you know, what they did is they hid everything that they could. So, and at the trial, I think that kind of, that did not help them. And people were weary of the fact that they, they you know, every McDonald's has, a, especially at the drive through at least here, they have a camera. You know, the fact that they didn't want to produce a camera People didn't like that. They thought they were hiding something. So that was number one. The second thing was that they had an incident report that they had written at the time of the incident, and we asked them to produce that. They didn't produce that either. And the third thing was that the employee who actually handed over the the, the cup that we were saying the lid wasn't on properly, they didn't produce her either. So, you know, I we were able to hammer away at that and say, look, these guys were you know, telling us the truth, and they want to say they don't have any responsibility, then where is this evidence? And the only people who have that evidence is them. So 
So they have the camera, they have the incident report, they have the employee. So sort of those three things, I think, was a nail in the coffin for them. And the jury awarded $145,000 to the client, but then uh, also reduced it by 25% comparative negligence, which means that she also had some faults. And the reason why they found that after I spoke with them was because she did not have her um, window down all the way. So they, they, they thought, you know, when you're going through a drive-thru, you should probably have your window down all the way. So they, they apportioned some fault on her for that, probably because they thought that she may have also hit her elbow coming in. And then the other thing was that it was like a quick in and out. My case in chief was like a day. And the trial itself fully lasted like three days max. And what made it also more interesting is that here we have what they call like pain and suffering damages and and also uh, compensatory damages, which primarily is like medical bills and stuff like that. And I made a strategic decision to not try the case based on special damages because there wasn't many. And so I the, the, the verdict was only for past pain and suffering and future pain and suffering. And that was it. There was there was no other item on there. Amazing. So when you first took this on, did all, did all your friends, your colleagues, your kind of you know people around you think you were you were nuts? Like you know, how did you feel going into it? Did you feel confident? Did you think like this is you know I feel like this is a definite win? Yeah. So at first, no. But the, once I did the once we did the focus groups, you know, th then I was like, okay, I think we can win this thing. Um, I think the data that we got and sort of what the jury was looking at allowed me to frame the case around those things, which primarily was, you know, why are they hiding evidence? After that focus group, I felt much, much better going in. Awesome. Well, I think that's, uh, that's a, a great case and a, a really satisfying one for the client, for sure. Um, I wanna, I wanna, I'm conscious of time, so I want to touch on something that you're working on, uh, Lawper, which is a, an online platform uh, that you started for injury lawyers, kind of connect with injured people. So tell me a, a bit about that and, and what you're working on. Lawper is an online platform like you mentioned um, that's going to connect uh, injured people to personal injury lawyers. We're starting here locally for now in San Diego but the intention is to you know expand it but the the one key innovative tool to it is the pricing model and the pricing model primarily in California and most uh, other places in the country in the U.S. as far as contingency is concerned. The sort of the, the custom pricing is that if a case settles before having to file a lawsuit, the contingency fee for the attorney is 33 and a third percent. And then if they file a lawsuit, usually no matter when the lawsuit ends, that, that percentage jumps from 33 percent to 40 percent. And so the way this came about for me was uh, I thought that it's not fair to the consumer to have that big of a number taken out of their settlement when the attorney is really not doing that much work. Before filing a lawsuit, you know, primarily it's like you're writing a demand letter and like collecting the client's um, medical bills. And, and so it's not much. So anyways, what I decided to do to sort of help the injured people is on LawPer, law the attorneys who are on there, who have signed up on there, have agreed in advance that they're, they're, the pricing is going to be different. So going back to the pricing model, instead of the 33 and a third percent 
that fee is going to be 25%. And then moving forward, if a lawsuit is filed, then the fee, instead of going to 40%, is going to go to 33%. And then the, the final, final one is the only time that the attorney is going to get 40% is if they actually try the case. So my thought process was in, in creating this was that um, it's, a, it's a much more fair model to the consumer. And the reality remains that without our clients, you know, we wouldn't be, be in business. I mean, without these people getting injured, we wouldn't be in business. And so, you know, really, we're working for them. So I think it's only fair that they should be getting more. Because in their lifetime, you know, maybe they usually our clients get like injured like once, right? From the attorney's standpoint, if you look at it, you know, we go through cases after cases after cases. So if I make 8% less on a case, it's not going to kill me as, a, as an attorney because I'll move on to the next case and I'll represent other people. But I've had clients that, you know, they really need that money. That 8%, you know, and that could translate to who knows how much, depending on the final award, can really change their life. You know, we, we as attorneys has, have become accustomed to these big numbers and it's just like numbers for us. For them, it's, it's, not, it's not the same. Sure. And from the attorney's perspective, I guess the the selling point is they don't have to spend their marketing dollars to to win these cases, right? So it's um, right, exactly. You know, it's, it's a it's a much easier channel for them to 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 discover these things. And how does the how does the platform make money? How do you as the as the platform owner kind of where's your cut in this in this process? Yeah, that's a good question. So for now, it's it's free, right? But we are leaning towards a subscription type model where. The attorneys are going to be able to subscribe to different um, types of uh, subscriptions that are going to be available, and uh, it's just going to be a monthly fee for them. So that's how Lawper is going to be making money. But one of the other aspects, I guess, within Lawper, from the attorney standpoint, is that you know being a solo is very is difficult. So I've sort of integrated a every attorney that's on Lawper is going to be able to communicate with another attorney that's on Lawper. So it's going to allow attorneys to be able to communicate with each other and kind of brainstorm. There's a lot of other sort of features that go into another element of it is um, uh, Lopper is going to have a, a document bank. So the document bank, um, which is also going to be a, some sort of um, one-time yearly fee or something like that, is going to allow the attorneys to have access to like any document that they need to sort of make their practice more efficient and easy and yeah and then from the client side like they can message their attorney have a conversation like this actually so there's a lot of like small little neat stuff um, embedded inside of the platform as well that just is going to make sort of things more efficient and streamlined so interesting to hear me talk about his strategies during a trial so my huge thanks to him for sharing his story with us today if you want to find out more about Amid, Rajali Law Firm or Lawper, you can find all the links in the show notes over at thatonecase.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with someone you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to do so are over at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again very soon on That One Case.